Hi guys and welcome back to another In The Headlights podcast. Tim and I are once again here at the BOTB offices. If you don't know what BOTB is, where have you been? Yeah. BOTB has a dream car competition and a lifestyle competition every single week. You could win your dream car or you could win like laptops and Watch. Apple products, watches, yeah. yeah. Motorbikes. Uh, motorbikes. What else? Cash, bundles of cash. Pool like tables. Cash. I, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot online. Go have a look. BOTB.com. You only have to be 16 or over to enter. And uh, yeah, lifestyle and um, dream car prize every single week. The link is in the description below if you're watching on YouTube. Go and play. Today, we are joined by Supercars London, Paul Wallace. Paul, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm hello, all right, hello. yeah. We, I was just trying to remember, the last time I saw you was what, like Goodwood? Goodwood Festival Speed. Months ago. The automotive congregation of the world, where yeah. everyone sees Everyone's everyone. <laughs> yeah. Was it all right for you? Because when I saw you, I think you were basically slowly dying in the corner of the McLaren tent. 2017, I fell asleep. On the BOTB stand. Yeah, we know. There's, there's pictures somewhere. Oh, very then, good. Uh, and then this year was was I felt like I had a little bit more energy. I think I got a few extra minutes in bed, but it was good. It was just hectic. I bet. I yeah. Bet. Well, it's, it's a it's a busy busy time if you're a YouTuber, isn't it? It's a busy time if you're a car yeah. fan. Yeah. Anyone going to Goodwood Festival of Speed, I challenge anyone to see everything in one day because yeah, there's no so chance. much going on. The uh, site is huge. The moving motor show is something that everyone wants to watch. But then when you're watching that, you're missing other stuff. So there's so much going on. And uh, it took me about five years to get up to the rally stage. But when you go up to the rally stage, it's just mental. What it's weird. What it's doing. funny you should say that. Tim and I, this year was the only year, actually, that we kind of uh, broke away from the BOTB tent for 10 minutes and went and had a run around. Mm. There is so much to see. Yeah. So much to see. We went up, as you say, to the rally stage and there was those um, buggies that you could get in and have a go and yeah. drive around and stuff. Mad. I'd never been up to that top part of the hill before. So yeah. it was good. Um, but we're not here just to talk about Goodwood. We're here no. to talk about, <laughs> about you. Wait, are Goodwood tickets not in the BOTB competition? I don't know, actually. They, <laughs> should, they should be. <laughs> I'm sure oh, they wow. will be for next year. I'm sure we'll give away uh, uh, some like we always do. Um, we wanted to get you in because we wanted to chat to you about your YouTube career, kind of how you've managed to deal with it with your personal life. I know Tim's um, posted some stuff on Piston Heads and loads of people are going to ask questions. So we've got, um, we've got a few Correlated of those to ask or as well. They're just going to be like random um, questions. They might be random. <laughs> some. Yeah, Tim's uh, pulled them in, so I don't know. He's he's had a little <laughs> chuckle already this okay. morning. I have, so yeah. Could be quite interesting. Um, but let's let's start, I suppose, where it all began for you. What was the motivation for YouTube? And, and did it start as Supercars of London or did it start as Paul Wallace? Or how, how did it all <laughs> oh, how did it all start? What did it start as? Yeah. Um, there wasn't really a motivation to use YouTube in the way that there is now. Um, YouTube existed when I was uploading. Google didn't own it. Instagram didn't exist. Twitter didn't exist. I don't even think Facebook existed or maybe it did. But I only used YouTube to free up storage on my family computer because I was filming so many cars, taking the memory card out of my phone, putting it into the computer. And then it was like memory full because computers back then probably had like 32 megabytes of storage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, what do I do? Where do I, where do I keep all of this footage? And I ended up starting a YouTube channel purely to use as a sort of like prehistoric version of a cloud service so that I could store all of my videos. And I just didn't really know what I was doing. I was like randomly titling it so that I could find it again. And then I'd go back on and I'd see like 20 people had viewed it. And I was like, I think I've only watched this four times. So who are the other 16 people? <laughs> so that's how I started. 
uploading to YouTube or at least sort of working my way around the website. And the channel was not called Supercars of London. What was it called? <laughs> Go on. Come on, you've got to tell us. <laughs> so um, I must have been about 13 or 14 when I set this first profile up on a, a website called Yahoo Paul which was right. like a social website that me and my brother used to do to play each other and friends on like a sort of online game pool website. And my username was Sexy Man Bud Bud. <laughs> so, so please guess tell what, me guess what? a YouTube channel called there is, Sexy Man Bud Bud. There is a oh. YouTube channel called Sexy Man Bud Bud. <laughs> yes, that you heard was, it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first YouTube channel. I believe if you go on there, you'll be able to see some of my favorites from back in the day when I would go no through and favorite because my schedule in the morning would, I'd wake up at nine o'clock, I'd go onto YouTube, I'd type in Lamborghini, I'd go date added and see all of the recent Lamborghini videos that had been posted. And that was how I got an idea of what was going on in the world. That's amazing. <laughs> Is there any of your original videos on that No, channel? no. So I basically- You I removed just, them all. I removed them, but there were a couple of videos that hit six-figure views cool um which back then i can't remember how many subscribers i ended up accumulating but then it would have been in 2008 that myself and my friend zach who we both did filming cars together but had our separate accounts that we decided that we'd come together and we'd create supercars of london i feel like now in the title of this uh, podcast it needs to be Paul Wallace, a.k.a. Supercars of London, a.k.a. Sexy Man Bud Bud. <laughs> sexy Man... Tim's already looking it up. Tim, we can do that no, later. There's no, that e, there's actually no E in it. There's no E in it. Oh, there's no E. Yeah, okay. it's actually in sort of like 12-year-old slang, SXY. Sexy Man Bud Bud. <laughs> and there, and there, actually, I love that you told us. There it is. There it is, Sexy wow. Man. Sexy Man Bud Bud. Yeah. How many subscribers? 157. 157. Wow. That is, that is, that is... Well, you've come a, a slight... A, a long way since then, yeah. some could say. So <laughs> when you um, then that, decided just, to... That was a long time ago though, isn't it? I mean, you're I'm not, like I'm not saying you're old, I am. But you're not, <laughs> you know, this is... You are like OG type YouTuber well, here. I think... This is a, you were like one of the first guys, didn't you? Yeah, the, the Supercars of London channel is 10 years old. That uh, was created on like the 31st of October 2008. And um, was that off the back of this one? Yeah. So right, I was doing that for about Bud Bud two years before. Okay, so I would I was fifteen or sixteen going into my GCSE year. Um, I had to do an art trip up to uh, the V&A Museum, which is on Brompton Road, and that was when me and my dad went up to London, saw a couple of Aston Martins, and I was like, "Oh yeah, DB9 looks good." That was the first time that I saw like one of those cars in the flesh. Didn't realize what I was stumbling across because essentially for the first five years I was bringing these cars to life that you only ever really saw in magazines or on Top Gear. Yeah, yeah, and I was filming them in the street. Okay. And then you watched, you started uploading them and realized that people were watching and yeah. you were like, yeah, oh, this is yeah, cool. That's exactly it. There was a so couple of big videos. That... With, with the with the Supercars of London channel, was it called Supercars of London straight away? Yeah. So you got rid of the Sexy Man Bud Bud thing. I can't get over that. <laughs> it's hilarious. You do realize now you're going to get that comment, commented now. all the time. Yeah. That's it. I'm changing your name in my phone book. Um, and you've gone into... Your girlfriend uh, be like, what's that? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? And uh, you did you... When you started Supercars in London, did you start it as that channel? You exactly. went, well, I'm filming Supercars in London, so I'll call it Supercars that in London. That is literally exactly it. So me and Zach, we sat down, I remember it, we were in his living room, because he was my next door neighbor. Right. Um, we were on his computer, we set the YouTube channel up, we were coming up with different names, and we just were like, Supercars in London, that seems legit, seems real, it's what we're doing. 
Um, so we did that. We set it up. It was weird. And <laughs> I mean, you would not do that now, but I think we uploaded about 25 videos in the first hour. Like we were wow. just like, just pack the channel with <laughs> as much content as we can. Um, whereas now obviously, uh, there's a bit more structure and strategy to it, but that was how it started. And I think within the first 24 hours, we probably had 30 or 50 videos up from wow. the previous two years of filming. Yeah, yeah. So we just wanted to pack the channel with as much as we could. And what's Zach doing now? Uh, so Zach is actually killing it in London. He's in recruitment. I right. don't really know the ins and outs, but he just got a new job and he sends me pictures of his offices every day. There's like an, it's like Dubai. There's like an aquarium in it. Oh, wow. He's on like the 37th nice. floor. Um, he went up to uni in York. So that was when we kind of separated. I went down to Winchester on the South Coast. He was up in York. Um, so I was able to get to London a lot more than he was. So I was like, look. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I'll just crack on with the filming. You do your thing and I'll do my thing. I mean, Zach must be ecstatic about where Supercars of London has got to now. Oh, yeah. Like, we speak to each other pretty much every other day. Um, he doesn't live next door to me anymore, which a bit of a shame because we literally played football our entire childhood. <laughs> um, but he lives in London now, works in London. I see him as much as I can. He was there on the collection of the Murcielago. Oh, nice. So he was also in the car with me when I took it to London for the first time. So yeah, he's still very prominent on the channel. And I think a lot of people still know and recognize him from the early days when we were both 16 running around <laughs> London filming so, cars. So w when you started, as you say, like uploading all these videos, at what point did you go, this is crazy. Like people are actually watching the stuff that we're putting on. Like this could be something more than just a bit of a hobby or a bit of somewhere to offload videos to get more space on your computer? <laughs> um, I don't know the exact sort of transitional point where I was like, right, let's just see where this goes. We were doing it for fun. So we were going into London, we were filming. Some days we'd see like one Ferrari. Like we would go to London in November. And back then, like there wasn't really that many cars out there. All of these supercar manufacturers weren't producing the numbers they're producing. Now, the accessibility was much more difficult because finance didn't really exist in the way that it does now. And also, cars just weren't that easy to drive 10 years ago. So the chances of you seeing like a Ferrari Enzo back then in comparison to walking into London now and seeing like two LaFerraris just cruising around, yeah. it was so different. So some days we'd be pretty happy with like a couple of Lambo clips and then other days during the summer when all the Arabs came over it was literally like Christmas day like <laughs> there was just so much going on mm. and uh and they were pretty crazy back then because that because that was it down. wasn't it that you, you happened it, it's pure I guess pure kiss me or whatever people call it where the fact that you just you guys started this up it was around the same time was that supercars started becoming more accessible but mm. more flashy they were everywhere on tv the magazines people started and, to get them wrapped and, and that's when the, that's stuff. when the arab summer tended to start wasn't it it was around that sort of time i think 10 12 15 years ago or something they started yeah it's it, you you sort of came both came up at the same sort of time which is just brilliant i guess for you guys yeah <laughs> I, I still remember like seeing some of these i think one of the bi biggest memories that i have was um it must have been Geneva, so around March, April time, and uh, being a 16, 17-year-old kid, I was going down to the news agents, I was picking up the latest Nuts or Zoo magazine, who remembers <laughs> them? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's one shelf down from the top. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I remember seeing this like crazy Mansory Ferrari that was sort of had the double spread, it was like this tuned, like 800 8 horsepower, whatever, Ferrari 599, Mansory Stallone. 
And I was like, Jesus Christ, that thing looks like someone's just drawn that in their maths class. Like, what, <laughs> like, how does that even exist? Like, I'm never going to see that in my life. And I went to London in the summer and it was just there, parked up outside Harrods. I was like, what? Like, I've just seen this in a magazine and now I'm seeing it in the flesh. And I must have waited around an hour and a half for this guy to come out, start the car up and film it. And that was one of the sort of breakthrough videos that hit six figures. Turned out to be the Prince of Dubai. No way. <laughs> you, know, you didn't know at the time. No, not at the time. Like, not, cool yeah, car. yeah. Um, Wicked. <laughs> so, so you're starting to get, gather a bit of traction. Did you have a day job at this point? Were you working? Uh, or? Yeah, so I worked for HR Owen. I worked for oh, right. Ferrari Maserati uh, in St. Albans. So that was like my, it was a, an apprentice. So I did like front of house. I was on the phones and I also managed their sort of online marketing, did all of the photos for the oh, auto cool. traders stuff, nice. managed their stock. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I did that for, I must have done that for about nine months um, in the build up to me going to uni. So that was during my gap year. Got it. Okay. Went to uni for three years. And I think the biggest light bulb moment was at university, I sat through this. What did you study? Business management. Okay. Um, which I'd like to think I've taken some of it out into the real world. <laughs> well, you're doing all right. I'd say <laughs> yeah. something. <stuff. laughs> and um, this sort of light bulb moment, I was watching this. I don't know, like it must have been like a Dragon's Den clip that we were being showed in one of our lectures. And I just had this light bulb moment that I just need to create a more sustainable channel. Like I was only filming during the summer when I wasn't at uni. And then the channel did nothing for nine months until I finished and went back into London for the summer. So I had this like moment and I just walked out of my lecture because I was like, I've got the best idea ever. And I just went home onto my laptop and I just started typing up all of these crazy ideas that I had about how I was going to create a more sustainable video upload schedule. And it was the first time really that I thought about it knowing that I was going to come out of uni and that's what I was going to pursue. So I was going to say, you walked out of the lecture. Did you walk out of uni completely or did you see the degree through? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, fin I, finished, um, I finished my degree, yeah. But I got my head down. Like, first year and a half, um, I didn't have a very good attendance record. Party! <laughs> <laughs> I think I was under 20% because I got a few emails right. from student finance. Wow. <laughs> and then um, in this sort of second half of my second year, I met my girlfriend. I then realized that I actually had a really cool idea. Um, and I was the first person to hand in their dissertation. Wow. So in, in the entire year. Okay. And they're like, that's pretty cool. Are you sure you want to hand this in now? Like, as if I just, just want to get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uni finished and then what, full on YouTube after that? Or I've, did you get another job or? I finished uni on like the 21st of <laughs> April. Uh, I got picked up. No, I, I would have driven. I would have driven home. I would have packed up and driven home. In what car? Vauxhall Astra. Uh, nice. That was that was um, my first car that I owned, and um, just drove straight into London. Literally really? drove straight into Picked London. Up your video camera off your and, and literally filmed every day from April until probably around December time. Every day I was in London during the summer. I was there till like two, three a.m. Wow. Yeah. It's so weird because now if you were to go and do the same. Most car spotters in London will be like, "Oh, look, it's Paul Wallace!" Like, "Oh, look, it's yeah. Paul, it's Paul." Whereas mm. you were there years and years before they even knew that this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, That's just yeah. crazy to think. <laughs> and then, so you came out of uni, everything's going really well. You just went and uploaded loads oh, and I wasn't loads of going, stuff. I wasn't going well. I wasn't earning any money. Well, in, in terms of like, you were getting <laughs> yeah. a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, I was getting loads a and loads lot, of content. Yeah, throwing it all on the channel, just yeah. hoping that people would come and watch it. Exactly. And then, surely there was a point where you kind of went. Okay, no, this is this is actually 
kind of getting the traction that I wanted it to? Um, or not really? Did it just kind no, of... No, not really. Just... Not really. I think if you look at my channel's performance back then to the numbers of subscribers that I had versus now at a channel that had similar sort of numbers of subscribers and the views that they're getting, the engagement now is much greater. Like I was happy if my videos were getting three or 4,000 views. Um, whereas now you get some channels that have got 50 to 100,000 subscribers and they're getting 20 to 30,000 mm, views. Yeah. And you're like, wow, like it's got, it's come on so much because YouTube as a website has grown so much. There are so many more channels, but the content is so much better. I wasn't editing back then. I was like shooting raw and then uploading one clip of a Lamborghini Aventador for like 25 seconds. So it has come on so far. Was there a point where you thought I, cause I'm just wondering like back that far, how did you know that you might be able to make some money out of this? So that came, I still remember it. I was at home uh, at my mum's house and there was this BBC news bulletin on like the six o'clock news or whatever. And it was YouTube announcing that they were going to be paying their creators. And I remember seeing this, having already uploaded for 18 months to YouTube and being like, whoa, I can get paid for doing what I'm doing. Like, how can I do that? And again, it was when me and Zach were running the channel together. And this was like back in the day. Like now you tick a box for monetization. Right. Um, we had to submit a business plan to YouTube. How many Jeez. hours we were going to put in, how much money we were going to invest, <laughs> targets, subscriber growth, um, sort of where we live, everything. Um, and this was when Google had taken over YouTube now. So we were contacting directly with, with Google. And this was when Google were shortlisting creators to, to host adverts on. So they were picking, handpicking the channels that, where the adverts were going to sit. And at this point, was your channel, would you say it was quite a popular channel on YouTube? Or um, was it kind of just in ticking the, along? In or? the car space, which even now is niche on YouTube. So back then, like if you're going to scale everything back, it was still very niche and very small. But the views, like, I was happy with the views that I was getting. But the one thing that I completely misjudged was the algorithm changes, the way that YouTube can control everything. Because I was like having these spreadsheets of, I was earning like 60 pounds. 72 pounds this is per month right up to like 300 quid and like the growth was like crazy i didn't realize that that was coming down to the advertisement types and mm -hmm. the amount of money that the advertisees uh, were spending bidding and on the videos exactly cetera, i just right. thought that that was just a correlation i was like Whoa, like if i carry on like this i'm gonna be earning like at least five grand a month <laughs> and then all of a sudden after december where i was earning like 300 quid and it peaked it just dropped like 20 quid and i was like whoa what's going on and then realizing that no company spends any money in january right okay <laughs> so, so right. it was a i suppose quite a big lesson for you in terms you, of yeah it was a marketing lesson it was a business lesson it was a creator lesson it yeah, was, yeah it was a Every, everything YouTube yeah business model um, lesson and for the i think for the first two years that we had um ad revenue on our videos December was always our was always our biggest uh, month, and actually the December paycheck, like two years in, was the one that actually allowed me to buy my Voxel Astra. Oh, nice! Yeah, like we were checking our Google AdSense, having no control over it. Yeah, and it just came in. It was like four grand, and I was twenty mm, one. And I was like, so what, for one month? For you one go, month. You go, you go yeah. four grand. You're like, yes, thank you very much. Like, out of nowhere as well. It wasn't like they were building up to it. It was like 600 quid, 700 yeah, quid, yeah. maybe tinkered over a thousand pounds. And then all of a sudden, boom, December, four, 4K. 
And you're um, like, thank you very much for <laughs> trying to sell all yeah, the Christmas products you can. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nice. That's cool. Um, so I was like blown away, but never seen that amount of money in my entire life. So did you life. split that with Zach? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so we split that 50-50. Um, and then I took that money, uh, put some more money that I had saved up, probably from my student loan, and then just went and bought a car. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we all did. Yeah. That's what we all did. Yeah. And, and then at what point did, I suppose you say like, so Zach's no longer really part of the channel. Yeah. He helped you kind of, create it and stuff yeah um at what point did you guys kind of separate that must i think it was like third year at uni third year at uni and it and it was the first two years um that during the holidays i was going in because i just wanted to sustain the channel in some form i just didn't want it to die i didn't know how um but i just thought the more the more i film the better so during like christmas i was like going into London on like December the 24th and hoping that I'd catch someone doing their last minute Christmas shopping. And I remember getting a ride in like a stock Lamborghini Aventador on Christmas Eve. Like, and I was like, what's this guy actually doing? It's just giving this stranger, that 16 year old kid, like a ride in his car on Christmas Eve. And it was like the slowest ride ever. It was like in traffic. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, so what he got in the bag? Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to him. It was so weird, but I just... I knew what I wanted to do um, and I just think it was location at the end. It was geographical at the end of the day and Zach spending a lot of time up in York and then like his mum moved out from Watford. Um, he just, just couldn't spend the time on it. He just couldn't spend the time on it. So um, you yeah, shook we, hands and yeah. stayed mates. Yeah. That's nice. And obviously he's very happy for you with, with how it's going. Yeah, and he's, he's obviously yeah. done very well as well. Yeah. Oh, he's. I'm pretty sure he's on Auto Trader looking at ferraris oh really yeah, oh he's yeah, done he's, very he's, well he's, very he's, nice. he's, he's keeping up well, you can always remind him where he started <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> so after that then and, and the channel's going well and you're making a little bit of money was there a point where you got maybe worried or quite the opposite it spiked up and everything just went crazy or? yeah there's there's de- there's one sort of standout worry that i had and it was when the algorithms were going well, I realized that the more videos I did, the more I'd appear in suggested videos to people mm-hmm. that weren't subscribed to me or had never seen a video of mine. And YouTube were really sort of like trying to push my channel up. Like I could see it. Like they were just reaching out to all sorts of different people and I could see my video appear on all sorts of different places. And we filmed this video that was a Murcielago, of course. Yeah. And um, we got the owner to rev the car in London. And it was loud. And it actually, it scared two people that were walking past. And this video was essentially an argument broke out in the street of London. The people on the pedestrian was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you revving the car? Like, you made us jump, like, and you're making us look like an idiot. And then this guy in the Lamborghini was like, I was just doing it for those kids over there. Like, it yeah. was like, and I was like holding the camera like, <laughs> oh, this is this content is gold. gold. <laughs> and I went home, I uploaded it. I just titled it. I think, I can't remember what I titled it. For a, It got a million views in a month. Wow. wow. And it just blew up. And I was like, oh my God, I could see like all of the other videos around it rise up. My channel was going up and I was like, oh, like I could see my ad revenue going up. I was like, this is the best thing in the world. And then actually the guy in the Lamborghini um, filed like a community complaint against the video um, and the video got removed. Oh, no way. Yeah. And and if a video gets removed, that's it. Oh I'd, yeah. I'd at I'd that stop. point, that was it. Um, the video just disappeared. I think it's still on my channel, but it's just like unavailable. Oh, okay. It's got the, the sort of 1.2 million views there. Right. Um, and what yet, was his issue with it? Do you think he just didn't I want just to be did, associated he, with he probably noise got, and stuff? Yeah. He probably got portrayed quite bad. And well, they, right. yeah, it was, 
no party really won in that video. And I was naive into think of putting it online and not blurring anyone's faces or number right. plates. <laughs> and, well, um, you're in a public place. I mean, it's true. It's just their own uh, yeah. take on it, I suppose. Yeah. But you made a bit of cash off it. So I, made, I, made, <laughs> I made a bit of money. But once that video dropped, like the entire infrastructure collapsed. My entire channel just disappeared. Oh, wow. I went from like earning 1,200 quid a month to like 150 quid a month. And I just kept looking at these analytics and kept looking at these numbers. And I was like, that's it. Like that's this video has just killed my entire channel. And I was at, still at uni and I remember it just sat in my bedroom, just looking at the laptop going like, this I don't know. I, I, yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know what yeah. to do. It's so fickle. The, yeah. Everything. The, yeah. The, way, the way YouTube's run, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and back then <clears throat> uh, I was just like, nah, like I would swear now, but I'm not going to swear now because this <laughs> is the podcast. But I was, I'm, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to crack on and I'm going to build, rebuild. And so that was it. That was like my motivation. I'd just been knocked down. Like I was knocked down quite a lot of school because I'd just walk around going, I'm going to have a Lamborghini by 25. And all my mates like, shut up. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. What are you going to do? And I didn't have a plan for it. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I just always dreamt that that was going to happen. So I was always using any negative energy that I had to, to actually turn it into a positivity so how and did motivate you? me. How did you overcome it? Oh, I just used to, I just went in and filmed. I just right. filmed as much as I could. Um, I just spent as much time in London as I could because I realized probably in a similar form to paparazzi, the more time you spend out on the streets, the more content you're going to capture and one of those clips will fly. And it was literally like, just film as much as I can, put it all on YouTube and hopefully something sticks. Yeah, it's interesting uh, listening to you talk about that. I uh, recently saw, it was only a few days ago actually, um, a video by the Stradman, uh, James mm -hmm. Stradman. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, 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 that is his second name. Is it? This is real. Is it? No, no. <laughs> um, but it's it's a re it's a really really interesting video uh, where he basically he's talked about how how he came from where he is to. I mean, he was his it was, story it was is only awesome. like years ago. It was only what four Not years, long five ago. years ago. Four yeah, years, five years ago. He was living in his Audi TT. Mm -hmm. He was living in his car trying to shoot stuff because he decided he was going to do YouTube full time. He was living in his car. That was it. Mm. And now he's got a V10 Gallardo. He's got a Aventador. He's got a baby Mac he's given away. Yeah. You know. And an R8. And an R8. Yeah. I mean, he's come from like nothing to that. And it's a really, really good video. Uh, I urge you to go and look at it after you finish this one. <laughs> and finished all of our other ones. <laughs> Thanks. But um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's quite an inspirational thing to see. You know, mm. it's, oh, it's, up. it's to really, if, you, if you've got that drive and that yeah. push, you can do it. You can get your channel. You can get it where you want to do it. Yeah, but I think I think the there was never a financial motivation, and I think that's the same with James mm. um, because I met him in America. I met him in America the first time that I'd been out to LA, and he came to LA, and he was staying in a motel mm -hmm. way out of LA, and he was driving in and out every single day because he that was the cheapest way that he could spend and he had told me that he'd like camped during Monterey car week and he had just got a tent in his Lamborghini or whatever. <laughs> and it's those things that the sacrifices that that some of the guys on YouTube make to create whatever they have now. Mm. And I, I don't, I think it's because we love doing it and James definitely loves going out and just shooting the wildest craziest stuff I think it's obvious to see yeah, if, if someone's got a real passion for, for something yeah. and, and it's much more enjoyable watching people that have a real passion for definitely for what it is that yeah. you're watching and um, I want to touch kind of a bit on your I suppose your personal life with YouTube stuff because 
it's a very um, it's a very crazy world, YouTube, as you know. And then you start getting a lot of fans and people watching all your content and wanting to come and meet you and doing meet and greets and stuff like that. Has it has it taken effect? Like, has it taken a toll on your on your personal life at all? Yeah, I think I think I've definitely had to make some sacrifices over the years. Um, I think the one element that I'm pretty grateful for, actually forever grateful for, is my girlfriend because I met her before Twitter. I met her during my second year at uni. I I, I ran a YouTube channel, but it, not in the way that I do now. Um, and and we met and we start to see each other and we will be celebrating seven years, April next year congrats so that sort of consistency has not only kept my feet on the ground but just sort of meant that i'm able to get on with it she fully understands it because she's grown with the channel and with me um but there's still like sacrifices i've missed so many family events um i've probably lost touch with a lot of friends that i wish i had kept in touch with um so there are sort of elements to running a YouTube channel full time and forever being on your phone. I mean, yeah, I just sure. get, I get moaned at every single day, whether it's my mum, my girlfriend, my sister, my brother, whatever it is <laughs> for not conversing with them when I'm in the same room as them, because I'm always on my phone, but there's always something that you can do. So yeah. I'm normally going to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't understand. And you, you've bought a house with your, with your girlfriend as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. An apartment. apartment uh, yeah. So it's a roof over my head, which, um, is <laughs> mega stressful. I, I completely mm. underestimated that. And I think that really affected me personally away from the camera a lot um, because the weight on my shoulders to sort everything out, run my channel. Um, and I made the announcement of selling the hurricane, which I thought was a, a, a strong idea and a fairly cool narrative to be like, right, I'm selling my supercar and going to buy a house completely forgetting that I was running a supercar channel. <laughs> nobody, nobody cared about your flat. Yeah. yeah. I think I think people like properly respected and supported the decision because it was like a fairly adult thing to do. And I think a lot of things on YouTube you see like the likes of KSI and these big extreme like unique personalities that can just go and buy a three million pound house cash. Um, whereas I'm definitely not in that boat. I had to sell the car to to try and raise some funds to get into the apartment. Well, I I felt so I felt so sorry for um Sam seen through glass Sam when he did a he did like a flat tour. Yeah. And people were commenting like this flat's tiny blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. And people have no idea like a no. how much it costs in London. B what it takes to get to a point where you can actually buy somewhere. Like it's it's difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I was I was reading mm. these comments going, "Jeez, come on guys. Like yeah. you have no idea." Yeah. No I mean, idea. It is. And I think that it's probably quite hard to to connect in, in that way because it is something quite unique when you're going and buying a property for the first time. Um, and I really was so keen on documenting that. I was like, well, I've done my first supercar. Like I can do my first house or apartment yeah. or whatever because it is cool. And hopefully in the more long term, if I get onto the property ladder, then it will allow me to buy cooler and crazier cars sometime down in the future. And I had these plans. I had these companies that were going to support this series. And everything fell on its ass. Like, everything. And I was like, I've now got no supercar. I'm, like, under so much pressure away from YouTube with the emails, the solicitors, the meetings, the viewings, everything. And, like, I had a pretty rough ride anyway by my first place, which I'm not going to bore you about. But I just started to panic. 
Like I was, I was like, well, I've got no content. I've got no story. Mm. I'm making videos like one day and uploaded them the next day. I was living day by day, just trying to maintain and sustain the channel that I had and loved and wanted to entertain the viewers and subscribers that had supported me over these years. And I've just gone and sold the one supercar that everyone was so keen <laughs> and excited about <laughs> following my journey because I literally bought that hurricane and I'd said to Tony, I'd said to a few people, I'm going to put 25,000 miles on this car in a year and I'm going to drive it to Iceland. I had like these uh, bookmarks on my internet of like ferries to take it to Iceland. I was going to try and become like a travel vlogger, but doing it in a Lamborghini because I thought that would be unique and cool. Mm. Uh, so now I know where Sam's got his idea from for doing traveling mm. in his, in his <laughs> yeah. Porsche. Knew it came from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, that, that's, a, that's a cool idea. It is, never, yeah. But, never went through with it. But no. I mean, so that I can just briefly touch on the fact that, you know, there was around all that, there was a lot of negativity. Mm. And you've, you've been quite vocal about how hard it actually is. Yeah. doing this job and a lot of people don't most people don't realize i don't think how difficult it is to actually do this job there's been a few detractors who do actually say it's not hard at all but it actually really is it's, it takes a lot of mental strength i yeah. think to Creativity do this sort of thing and planning and because and the fact is that you spend a lot of time or 90 percent of your time on your own mm -hmm. be it sitting there filming on your own or editing on your own don't you or you're yeah. on a plane on your own yeah. or you're yeah. you know you're in a hotel on yeah. your own uh, and it takes it takes a lot of a lot of stuff i mean i'm just going to dip into one of these uh, piston heads questions here mm -hmm. which um he says you know this person felonious uh he says cool, you've talked in the past about dealing with anxiety so it must be very difficult being a youtuber and coping with the constant barrage of mindless, ill-informed, <laughs> lazy, and offensive feedback? Great question. Well, it's, it's a really brilliant question. question. It's more of a statement. Well, I was going to say, it's more yeah. of a statement yes. than a question. Uh, it is. Uh, so, so, so how does Paul manage to balance the incessant demands of maintaining viewer interest, acting on feedback, and keeping his own motivation up? That's oh, a good Very question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. There could be one. an entire podcast on it could. that. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm living an incredible dream. Like... Mm what I dreamt up of when I was a young kid of owning a Lamborghini. I've got that. Um, I've made some interesting sacrifices. Um, and like the last 18 months mentally have probably been the hardest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think last year I burnt out around, uh, the summer. I think it was at Goodwood Festival of Speed. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And my mind shut down. I didn't want to pick up a camera. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to sit at home and and just cry. not see anyone. And basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah cry. Yeah, exactly. um, and that's not because like I'm trying to say that this life sucks because it doesn't. But it, there is elements to it where the online internet won't see because what we try and do is essentially glamorize what we do. There's no, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a YouTube channel of me moaning the entire time. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and of course I'm always trying to be as positive as possible. And, but I think there is a, an element of imprisonment. Is that the right word? Because you're always in your own mind yeah. you, where you wake up and that's it. You're like, what am I doing today? How am I doing it? What, what yeah, video it's not am I a job making? Where you go into the office, you do your job and, and you go home and, and switch off. Yeah. You're always on. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a, can be a challenge, um, especially when you're trying to hold down relationships or just spend time with family and okay. stuff. Um, and there are a lot of other people who probably have it worse than me. 
Um, and I suppose I'm fully all- aware of that, and I don't ever want to be like, look, this is the worst thing in the world. I can't believe I'm doing this as a job. It still feels special every time I'm going out and making a video. Um, but, and yeah. with with this guy chatting about kind of, I suppose, like the negativity that you might get as well, how mm. do you take that? At the beginning, were you like, oh my God, these people don't like... Because I know what it was like, and I've, I've spoken about this in um, in one of our other podcasts when Tim and I chat about getting our dream job. Yeah. And mine was like getting my first radio show. Yeah. And I remember the first text I got in, and it was literally just like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. He sounds rubbish. And I took it so <laughs> to heart. Yeah. I like... Everyone's human, no matter how thick your skin is, and no matter what people say that are YouTubers that are on YouTube and say that it doesn't affect them, it does. Mm. It just does. And if you say that it doesn't, it's probably affecting you more yeah. because you're rejecting it and yeah. trying to hide it. Um, I remember a lot of comments earlier on uh, when I didn't put my face on camera. So I didn't feel too personal about it because it was more them commenting on the car or, oh, that, that mm. sucks. Or why is that guy driving like an idiot? And it wasn't yeah. really about me. But then there was one that was like, uh, why don't you go and get a real job and then maybe you'll be able to afford one rather than just chase him around the streets of London. Oh. And I was like <laughs> 17. I was like, damn, oh, that really hit me. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, like I'm just a guy that puts some trainers on and love, loves cars. And that was it. And then started to really question. I became really self-conscious in London because the places that I would go, I was going to like Knightsbridge and Mayfair, the people that were walking around, I then started to notice them looking at me because I was wearing like Umbro trackies. Like I don't come from mon- money at all. So I was like wearing very normal clothes for the area that I lived in. And uh, they were all wearing like Gucci, Armani, like fur coats and getting out there Bentley. And I really started to notice people looking at me like, what's that guy doing? Like, Doesn't why, fit in. Why has he got like that weird Panasonic dad cam? <laughs> <laughs> like, and Is it like one of these things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that you put on your shoulder, massive, yeah. massive cam. And, I, and then I started to get stopped quite a lot from like cyclists or residents. Like, excuse me, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, like, I'm just filming a car. Or they come up to me when I'm like standing by a Ferrari and be like, whose is it? It's like thinking that I'm like some paparazzi. And I was mm. like, I'm not there for the person. I'm there for the car. Yeah. And um, that was definitely a moment where it hit me and I was like, okay. And then now I think I'm very grateful at the age that I've done this. Because if I was reading some of the comments that I see on YouTube on my channel and other channels now, when I was like 18 or 19, I wouldn't have been able to handle yeah, yeah, yeah. it, would not be able to handle it. And don't get me wrong, like I see tweets, I see Instagrams, I see DMs, I see YouTube comments that, that do hit me. And I'm like, oh, but it doesn't affect on. you quite as it did if you'd read mm. them uh, yeah. 10 years ago. I've definitely yeah. taken on some like good advice and spoken to some really good people that have been in this world or yeah. a different world, but still experience the same sort of thing. And the two things that I really sort of try and talk myself around to is that you never are going to write a good review of a restaurant on TripAdvisor. You're yeah. only going to go on there to, to write a bad review. Yeah. So I get that. And I also get why you would write a negative comment on TripAdvisor because you've chosen to go there and you are paying for that service and food. On YouTube, you can just skip it. So you don't, and it's free. Yeah. So then I kind of think, okay, like the people that are commenting are doing it to either get attention or to just try and get some likes so that their comment can go to the top of the comment section. I do section. it on Archie's video all the time. <laughs> yeah, it'll post up really bad things just so people are like, yeah, we're like yeah. that. <laughs> so I kind of understand the mentality of some people and I just take it with a pinch of salt now because whether they mean it or not, at the end of the day, 
the comment section is such a small proportion of the actual views of, of the course, video that yeah. are enjoying it. And I meet so many people that do enjoy the videos every day that it really outweighs all of the stuff that I see online. So yeah, fair mm. enough. Okay. Just before we come on to um, that, we'll round up with the um, Piston Heads comments. Yep. We, we should talk about cars, really. Mm. I just want to know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your, your, <laughs> yeah. Kind of why we're all here, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of cars, mm-hmm. favorite car that you've ever owned, worst car that you've ever owned? Um, I'm going to use that owned word as the operative word as a okay. past tense because everyone's bored of me talking about Mercia Lagos. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite car that they've all got favorite elements to, to ownership. I loved the Gallardo, but I was too young to drive it. Like too inexperienced. I didn't know how to drive it, but looking back on the videos, I'm like, damn, I wish I had that still. Right. Okay. Um, so I loved the Gallardo and it's still one of the, favorites that i speak to even with e-gear oh don't like e-gear is the most fun you can have because it just yeah it just gives you a migraine when you drive it (laughs) (laughs) double clutches are boring when you when you go back to an e-gear and you're like oh this is this is proper raw (laughs) um the amg was fun i put a lot of miles on the amg and i kind of made it undrivable with the rentec but that's what i loved about it it was just so aggressive and I was so intimidated about driving it. Like turning traction control off was like the worst thing that you could do, but I love doing it. And it made you, is just yeah. an absolute animal. Yeah. With, it made you feel alive. Yeah. And that's really what I look for in cars now is a car that is trying to kill you that you really have to respect. That's exactly what I've said. Exactly. You couldn't yeah. have said about it. That, yeah. that's, that's what I love about cars. Yeah. And well, I think these Audis and stuff, they make fantastic cars, but for me, they just don't quite give me the... Do you know what, the I think scared feeling that I want when I a lot of a lot of new cars. Don't get me wrong, are far superior in every way to the older cars. Um, and older cars, I mean like five, ten years ago, not yeah. like fifty years ago. And I still love and appreciate all of the new cars. I love this battle with Porsche and Lamborghini on the Nurburgring lap times and stuff. But a lot of the the more daily and normal cars, like let's take the Audi Q8 for example. It's essentially a computer on wheels. Yeah. Mm. And I drive that and I'm like, it's actually a waste of my time that I'm having to drive it. These are the cars that need to be autonomous. And then the more fun sports cars, even like a little, a Bath 124 Spider, like manual rear wheel drive, just like, just chuck it in and hope for the best and the hope that you're getting around the corner. They're the cars that should remain driven. Yeah. But I'm really seeing this shift in manufacturers that are putting so much tech into their cars. They might as well be autonomous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we're not there in technology and people are dying pretty much every day from <laughs> these <laughs> autonomous Ubers and crap. But it's going that way and driving the likes of like the Q8 that I had. And I had it for a week and sorry, Audi, but I just didn't have anything to say about it. I was like, it's get, a, it's, I suppose it's a great car. It is a big vehicle. But yeah. It's what, it, to be. what it does. Yeah. And it does it well. It's not there to be yeah. an Abarth 125 Spider. Yeah. yeah. Um, worst car you've ever owned that you were just like, I'm just glad it's gone? Um, Always thinking. Mm. C63? No. no. <laughs> I'm just going to get it right. <laughs> like, Come on, I need well, to Because we that. did the Scotland <laughs> yeah. North Coast 500 and you fell in love with it. Oh my yeah. God, that car. That C63 <laughs> was just, yeah. Unbelievable. Loved yeah. it. You drove it. I drove it. Alex Carms drove it. Everybody absolutely loved it. Mm, so, yeah. so good. The C63 was good, but in my opinion, not as good as the M3 that I had. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Totally um, wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah. I suppose all of the cars have a special place. 
um, in my journey and in sort of all of my memories. And to say the R8 is the worst car that I've owned is a really, really bad example because it's definitely not because it did so much for my channel and stuff, but mm -hmm. it was a bad example. Yeah. So like I bought it and then the next time I went to drive it, the whole thing was cold and it wouldn't go into gear. I broke down in Paris in it and I was like, like are all these cars like that? <laughs> and then I've actually driven a lot of R8 since and realized that was just a really you bad just, one. You just have a, <laughs> you just have a I got lucky oh, well, to yeah. get rid of that car. I have no idea where it is now, and apologies to the owners driving it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as you said, we've probably um, you've probably covered quite a lot of the the Lamborghini Murcielago that you've now got. But yeah. you're enjoying it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's it's actually out of all of the cars that I've owned, I hoped that this would be the one that really just engaged me every time that I drove it. Yeah, and I find myself just looking out of the window, staring at it. Like it is just, awesome. If you can, by the way, hear on the podcast some weird noises. Dr it's like some, yeah, some yeah. drilling going on in a, yeah. an apartment up there. Yeah. So um, uh, we're saying yeah, let's about, go, let's yeah, go well, head stuff. Yeah, the um, the Murcielago there brings me on the first question. I was going to. There's only a few little qu quick ones. Uh, this is from JM89, which is actually a guy called JM on Cars. He's got a YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he says, "Do you realistically see the Murcielago staying long term?" And I've, I've actually kind of addressed this in a live stream that I did. Um, because in the ideal world, I would keep that car, I would own it for like my entire life and then just pass it on down to the next generation of PJW. Um, whether that's actually going to happen or not is another matter because I'm not loaded with cash. I haven't got yeah. unlimited pockets. Yeah, my, my dad actually told me the same thing. He said, you know, this SL that he's got, he had a lovely <laughs> Mercedes SL. He's like, this will be yours one day. He's bloody sold yeah. it. <laughs> bloody sold it. I would, I would love to keep it forever, but... If there was a moment where I needed to raise funds, and I actually said this in the live stream, for example, if we needed to move from the apartment to a bigger house, if we were like going to start a family, or I actually wanted to sell it because I had a lot of equity in the car and there was an opportunity for me to use the funds a little bit more sensibly. Like, for example, the amount of money that I've got in that car, I could sell it now, hopefully if someone was to buy it, uh, and then like go and buy like a drift car, and like mod it and do loads of stuff on the drifting and then go and buy another cool sports car yeah, yeah, and then have two strands of content. And I actually put a tweet out a while ago that got a lot of people engaged with it. I was like, do I spend 150 grand on my dream car or do I spend 50 grand on three cars and have three different unique strands yeah, to the YouTube channel? What was the most popular one? Actually... Oh. I was going to say it was there was a 50, lot of 50. <laughs> there was a lot of yeah. people that were like buy three cars it would be so cool yeah. but there was obviously a lot of other people that were like live your dream so I feel like I've ticked the box of living my dream on the mercy okay. and would love to document that for as long as possible uh, but if there's an opportunity that comes up that I need money for then yeah, of course. that's going to be my first asset that goes yeah no fair enough. Next question, Timothy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple. There's a couple there that I shouldn't really ask. <laughs> oh, no, you should. Go on, well, just ask um, anyway. While Paul's well, here, be rude not John to. Williams, seventy-seven. He's quite an abrasive fellow on piston heads, I must say. Uh, he says, uh, "Does he? Does Paul wear his wife's pants as well as her t-shirts?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm there guessing this is you do wear some tops. some very tight pink t-shirts, aren't there? I do. I like yeah. pink. I don't think there's I, like any, I don't think well. there's anything wrong with. Well, uh, I can hardly pink. talk. I'm wearing a flowery it's sweatshirt. It's a very flowery sweatshirt. <laughs> it it is. I like it though. It's it a good sweatshirt. Thank you. Where's it yes. from? Um, does does Paul know over. how to turn caps lock off? I'm guessing that's in your titles. <laughs> For the titles, yeah. I, I, I play around with it. I play around with it because 
titles and thumbnails are essentially our, our marketing uh, tools. So the way that we stand out is thumbnails and titles. Yep. So shout so, about it. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I shout down my keyboard, and sometimes I shout specific words in the title down my keyboard. Yes. I just play around with it. No, that's, yeah, <laughs> we we get that. We get that. Uh, I'm just going to one final one, and this actually could then probably be its own entire podcast on itself, which is. What's going on with the drifting? What's going on with the drifting? Oh, yeah, yeah. You were very, you, there was, very good. There was very the big question. Yeah, um, and a, one person has actually mentioned. That there's a, there's about five people have asked that general question. Oh, so that's I cool. It's one to ask. That's um, cool. Especially given that now somebody else that we all know, you know, Becky Queen yeah. B, yeah. has been doing her her drifting thing, which is awesome. It, which is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. No, I think so, I think so. Wag one. <laughs> That's someone else's not I, I'm I, not trying to be cool. I love I love her narrative because it it promotes uh, females in motorsport, which mm. I think is is really important. And I spent some time out in South Africa with um, Tessa Whittock, who's also a drifter, um, and it was also interesting to hear her thoughts. So, what Becky's doing with Red Bull is is so cool. Um, I did the announcement in January. It was a lot of planning. So I was doing the ice driving with Mercedes and we were trying to set this huge challenge of can I drift for one mile? And I spun the entire story out into actually this is something that I love doing and I actually want to pursue it. Now that we're coming into the 10th year of Supercars of London, I've been doing supercars for 10 years. I want to learn car control because I hadn't really had any sort of instructions or lessons as to driving that I, I wanted to be respected in that field. Now that I've driven a lot of cars, didn't really know how to drive them. If I was to actually learn how to have car control and drive and be able to drive and show people that I could, then maybe it's a, a new area that I'd be respected in that field. So I announced the drifting. I had some really cool opportunities, like working with some big brands, big manufacturers that were really keen to back the entire thing. And we had dates in the diary, we had locations, we had cars, we had tires, we had everything. And I did some elements of drifting that were sort of like this sort of plodding along videos, but mm -hmm. this whole big strand was going to be playing out throughout the entire of 2018. And the whole thing fell on its ass mm -hmm. in about May. Uh, sorry, March. Mm -hmm. What happened? And I, Well, they just literally, they Everyone's didn't, they didn't pull the plug, but from a business point of view... I was spending a lot of time or taking a lot of time out without earning money. Right. Okay. Um, and in the world of being self-employed, your time becomes valuable. And I, I had to make the business decision that there were opportunities where I was going to be paid and be able to cover my mortgage and car payments uh, that I had to take. Mm -hmm. So there was some big clashes where with Goodwood Festival Speed, there were some big clashes with uh, a few other things that I did throughout the year. Um, and I kind of lost a little bit of confidence that I wasn't getting the seat time. I wasn't being able to afford to give up the time to have the seat time. These two brands that were so promising um, that pulled the plug on a lot of dates, it freed up my diary and allowed me to go out and film and, and earn a lot of money. And then I did uh, Slovenia. I did drifting in Slovenia with Monster and loved it. But then that was the last time that I drifted basically mm -hmm. this year up until last week when I was in South Africa. So my big plan was I'm going to compete in Jim Carner Grid. And I announced that without really telling Monster or Jim Carner Grid. Didn't realize <laughs> it was like a bunch of qualifying things that I needed to do. I thought I could just turn up and drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I think it probably the, the most important thing is when I do something, I want to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I kind of failed this year in announcing that I was going to do the drifting and not having it set in st- stone that what I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then for things to just get kind of pulled away from me, um, I lost out on a lot of seat time. I lost out on the opportunity to do some drives um, that I just had to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt bad that I didn't address it this year. Um, but I have literally just done a video on YouTube about my drifting. So that went live two days ago yep. uh, from South Africa at Jim Carner Grid. I've got this incredible motivation. I, I met so many drivers out there. I met some really cool people. And since coming back from South Africa, I've been on WhatsApp. I've been on emails. I've been doing everything that I can to set up drifting for next year because nice. I, I will be at Jim Carner Grid next year and I will be driving. Brilliant. Good. So that's good to there know. There you go. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And in your first. video. Yeah. Um, Paul, I think that's pretty much it. Unless yeah. you've got anything else no, to no, ask we, I mean, Tim yeah, about trolls Look at, clothing. There's, there's a few too many trolls. So. <laughs> 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 we'll ignore the rest. Well, Paul, obviously, you know, you're doing so well with YouTube again. You, you, as you say, you kind of had a, you feel like you had a bit of a blip, but I don't think we kind of really saw it. We just love watching your content and stuff. Thank you. Mm. In terms of what's coming next, any big plans for anything? Or um, I mean, 2019 is going to be the year of like a couple of road trips in the Lambo. Nice. I really want to hunt down some of those European mountain tunnels in the in the Mercy. Um, so that is like something that I'm obviously focusing on and, and it happens every year. I'd love to join up with Sam on his drive the world thing in the Lambo and, and convoy with him in a few places. But I think my main goal for next year is really to spend time on the drifting like and I'm not overly fussed that the views don't equate to when I go and do like a bloody car collection or whatever but at the end of the day like it's nice to see that people actually watch the drifting and care about it and I've had tweets that are like oh your videos on the drifting don't do too well does that mean you're going to stop and I'm like it's not about the views I'm documenting this journey Mm. with the idea that in five years time or ten years time whatever I'm doing whether it's competing then the story's there because I still feel like imagine if someone like Ken Block had those videos of the first time he ever sat in a car and drifted like we don't have that we only see him now at his best but if there's that story and that history online that's what I'm going for I'm not chasing views I'm not chasing anything like that I can see it now Paul Wallace the movie yep That'd be a weird. Movie. Who, who would you have to play? Who would you have to play yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it depends. If I'm alive, then I'll play myself. <laughs> oh, okay. So right produce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for coming in, guys. Please do uh, like, subscribe, do the whole notifications yes. thing. Paul knows how to do it better than us. What else? I've never actually. Yeah. Have you never no, done that? I think the notifications are important. Up. Actually, yeah. Give it a thumbs up. Subscribe. Um, all that stuff all that stuff head into the link in the description because I mean I've been with BOTB for a long time me and you he gave has. away a Mustang yeah we did one of the most sort of memorable days like, did all your I rough, literally, just I literally saw mic. that guy's life change in front of me it, what was so yeah. weird though and I, I, I can't remember I don't know if you remember this I remember it because I know what you're going to say yeah. you, we met up and you were like I've never actually had someone that's cried yeah and then, and he, then cried. he cried <laughs> <laughs> wow say it and it will happen yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's no. uh, really Thank nice you. to hear you kind of open up a bit about you know your personal life and having to move flats and and buying places and how the stress that that has obviously yeah. put on you i don't get the opportunity to do it like no, of course i feel like if it was to sit on my channel it'd be really weird and almost a bit <laughs> self-indulging <laughs> yeah but like to come here and and chat about things that i might not necessarily get to do on my channel is 
this call. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Paul uh, Wallace, aka Supercars of London, aka what was it? Sexy Man Bud Bud. Sexy Man Bud Bud. Sexy Man Bud Bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'll of course see you very soon for more videos on the ITH uh, channel. Of course, if you're listening to this uh, via iTunes or Podbean or any other um, podcasting app, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back very soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.